mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com I'm excited for this episode. Yeah. It was fun, once again, for me to listen back to one that I was not part of. Yeah, you weren't there for the interview. Yeah. Sorry, everybody. Uh, and actually, <laughs> um, I if it sounds like we go into this conversation a, a tad abruptly, um, because you were not here, I had a few technical difficulties. Not surprising. I'm not good with the technical you stuff. You're not good with the technical no, stuff. No, I FaceTime you, and <laughs> I'm like constantly asking questions. Yeah, and, if anybody um, has any idea of what goes on when Danielle's home alone to do an interview, a mm -hmm, remote interview, mm -hmm. literally FaceTiming me, showing me the computer, yep. me step by step showing yep. you what to hit. I'm afraid I'm going to blow something up. <laughs> so it turns out that I actually, uh, I, I was not recording for the first five minutes. <laughs> Very good. But uh, you have like, you beautifully corrected that. Thank you. Yeah, you did. So you had to do something. Yeah, I know. And I, you know, I just, it reminds me once again that it, there is a reason why I'm not a brain surgeon or one of those flight control deck yes, people. Yes, that's the reason because you did not record for Well, the because first five I just minutes. would, you know, like, oops doesn't make everything right. better all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, I loved recording this episode as a mom of two boys, one girl, two boys. Um, I had a lot of questions for her, and Janet Allison is uh, an educator, family coach, author, speaker, and podcast co-host. Her podcast, On Boys, is great. You should check it out. She has more than 20 years of experience coaching parents, mentoring teachers, and working with professionals. Janet's mission is to help adults recognize and understand the brilliance of boys. She holds a Bachelor of Science uh, in elementary education and has completed extensive training in Waldorf education. So she says that she's here to help with boy challenges, whether it's his big emotions like anger, worrying about his quote-unquote normal development, or how to handle his insatiable desire for more screen time. She's here to help. As parents and teachers, we can't approach these challenges the same old way. We are at a critical crossroads. Boys need us to show up differently. She's here to show us how. And she really does that. And I talk about a lot of things that I'm worried about that I've been doing that uh, in the moment when I'm parenting my boys in a certain way, I think to myself, I kind of know this is wrong, but it's the easier way to do it. And she corrects me and but but makes me feel very understood and not judged. 
Um, and I think you're really going to get a lot of out of this episode and you're really going to enjoy it. And I'm going to answer two questions now that I know are going to come up after the episode. Number one, she is going to come back. I know there's so much more to discuss about boys and we really just kind of hit the tip of the iceberg. And number two, yes, we are also going to have uh, episodes on raising daughters, raising girls. I know that there are a lot of people out there who are going to want that also. So uh, both important, raising boys and raising girls. So here's Janet Allison. Enjoy. Hi, Janet. Hi there. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm so happy to have you. I'm excited to have this conversation. Yeah. And uh, I have an 11-year-old and an 8-year-old. Oh, you're and in it. I'm in it. Yeah. And and they're really, they are very good boys. Uh, but, you know, like I'm sure across the board, just like so many um, of us are dealing with, it's 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 a different kind of energy than raising a girl. And I have a girl also, she's 14 and my middle son has ADHD and which I know is rampant nowadays, more rampant than ever. I don't know if it's that it's something that they just weren't catching it before or it's a new thing or, and I'm sure that's a whole thing you could go into. Absolutely. But I will just say that it's, it has a lot to do with the context the environments that we've created around our boys. They're not as active. I mean, if your son right now lived on a farm in Kansas or, you know, lived in a hundred years ago on a farm in Kansas, no one would be saying he has ADHD because we needed his energy in that way. So it's a lot about how the environment is now. Right. That's a really good point. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, for me with, with raising them, I feel like we're a little bit, I know we're getting better in the fact that for me, I'm almost to the opposite direction where I am constantly saying to my boys, you know, trying to uh, talk about gender fluidity and the spectrum of, you know, there's, you don't have to be on one place. And I'm almost that mom who's the opposite, who like my younger son, who's just turned eight, you know, if I buy him a pink shirt and he won't wear it and I'm like, boys can wear pink. And that's, you know, like I'm almost can be pushing the other way because I, I don't want, I'm so worried about stereotyping and it's a really hard terrain to navigate. And it's gotten so much harder in the last few years. There is, I think, a general message in society that girls can do anything and wear anything and be anything they want to be. And there is this box for boys. And I love that you're pushing the envelope. It's so good. Yes, boys can wear pink. Yes, boys can wear sparkly pink shoes. And yet what happens is you might have a five-year-old that is like, yeah, I'm wearing that pink skirt to school. But eventually the messages come in that, oh, that's, that's not cool. You can't wear that. And so it is really being aware about these messages that we are, uh, as a society, giving to our kids, both both boys and girls, but I think it's much more prevalent and more damaging for boys. You know, we've got the, call it the man box, call it the boy code, but it's, it is this, these parameters around what a boy should be, what a boy um, strives to be. So many messages now around even just how a boy should look physically Mm. really wasn't that prevalent a long time ago, but now with social media and they're seeing images all the time about, oh, 
I'm in eighth grade, but I should have a six pack by now. And so there's, you know, there's all of that messaging to contend with and not saying that girls don't have to also. Right. Well, that's what we hear mostly about is girl, you know, how hard it is for girls with body, you know, dysmorphia and everything like that. And and we don't, I think we don't think about it as much for boys. Mm -hmm. I wanted to read something though from your website though, which I thought was really cool. And I wanted you to sort of elaborate on it, which is, it says, uh, it is time for a social revolution that recognizes the struggles that boys face. It is time to shift to a mindset that values their exuberance and unique perspectives and includes all aspects of gender expression. The revolution begins with us, their parents, educators, care providers, and youth leaders. We must not only recognize the need for this change, but also stand ready to implement them to make a difference for our boys. Which I thought was, yeah, yeah, (laughs) yes. Can you talk a little bit about that? And what you're hoping to change, like what is your, your big, if you, you know, your big picture, like goal and dream for all of this? Mm, So many, so big. I want us to, as women, really begin to look at number one, what is our, what is our deepest fears about and, and I'll just talk about boys for now, get to men later. But, you know, what, what fears do we harbor with our boys? And I will tell you that it's taken me a long time to get to the place of looking back at my first class of boys. I had 10 boys and two girls in a first grade class. And I did not recognize for a long time that I was actually afraid of those boys. And I was afraid of their, all those things, their exuberance, their creativity. What grade did you say it was? First grade. First grade, wow. First grade. Their their unexpected behaviors. I didn't know what to expect. And I needed to be able to step out of my female viewpoint and understand Oh, they need to be active. Yes, they're they're going to be moving their bodies a lot. And in that, we have created, when you think about uh, daycare, preschool, kindergarten, elementary school, 98% of the teachers your sons will have are women. And so immediately they are faced with this mismatch mm. of worldview, of personality, of expectation. Female teachers expect boys to be able to explain why they did something or describe their feelings or have deep conversations. And that is not how boys are wired to operate. Mm-hmm. And so I I ask countless groups, you know, when did you have your first male teacher? And it will often be fifth, sixth grade, or maybe middle school. But can you imagine being in an environment that is very female-oriented, created by females, and you're being told uh, subtly and not so subtly that your behavior is wrong, you're bad, you're different. I had the mom of a first grader tell me that her son came home and said, Mom, all the girls are perfect, and I'm the bad one. 
in first grade. And so then which sets them up for a whole a lot of, uh, yeah, wow, if this is how I am now, it can only get worse. Right. And so we're talking self-esteem. We're talking how does, how did they, what are, what is their messaging around girls? Oh, all the girls are perfect. I've had, you know, even adult men tell me that, oh yeah, I got in trouble for whatever as a kid, but my sister could beat on me and pound on me and she never got in trouble. So there's this real difference in how we perceive behaviors. And scientists have even done research about how parents speak to boys versus how parents speak to girls. And parents speak much more harshly to boys. And yet, biologically, boys are actually more fragile than girls. Mm. Wow. So it's just, it's, everything is turned the wrong way. And we've got to start as women and all those female educators and start to look at what, where am I coming from and how can I see this other person? And it might even be a girl. It might be a really active girl. And how can I see this other person in a new way and respond in a new way? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think there's this whole idea right now, especially, which I think is wonderful and fabulous about girl power and, um, you know, like having to uh, shatter the glass ceiling and all this women's empowerment, which is phenomenal and wonderful. But maybe a little bit we're forgetting that also in the same sense that we want to raise our girls to be empowered and everything there's we want to focus on how we're also raising our our boys and make sure that maybe they're not they're not lost in the shuffle not not that I think boys in the past you know I think that there's been a there's been an imbalance in so many ways you know sure. and, and you know and and there should be equal pay for equal work and everything like that um but I think for, for girls, we're trying to raise them to be empowered and this and that. And honestly, when someone would ask me about raising my boys, I'm like, I really, really? don't want them to be assholes. You know? Like, I really, yeah. you know? And that's become so clear in the last few years. You know, we do not want to want to have our, our sons be in the media for what they did at work. And, you know, so we have the hashtag me too, hashtag toxic masculinity. And the one that really gets me is hashtag the future is female. Imagine being a middle school boy and seeing that on a t-shirt. How... How, what is the messaging there? You know, I, I believe that hashtag the future is human. And no matter where we fall on the gender spectrum, we're all just people. Mm. And interesting. Will all things be equal all the time? No. But what we can strive for is equity in with that realization that we are coming from different places. And right now, I don't believe that we are being equitable with our boys. So we, we basically, we want the equality and everything, but we want to raise the boys differently so that we don't follow the same kind of imbalance that we've 
been following. And we want to raise, like you said, all around better humans. And if we're raising boys to be more sensitive and more empathetic and to, you know, be able to talk about their feelings and everything like that. Well, and it's recognizing, you know, when you say we want them to talk about their emotions and share their feelings and, and they can, and they want to, and they will. But the thing is, it won't look like we expect it to coming from the female perspective. Mm -hmm. So it might come in really short little doses. You might have to listen really hard. It might not be until he's in bed that night that he's willing to talk about what happened that day. He might talk about it in way shorter chunks than you would like. I have so many moms saying to me, I just want to have deep, meaningful conversations with my husband and with my boys. And bottom line, you might get that every now and then, but that's not their driver. That's not how they connect. They connect by doing things with you. Let's, you know, let's cook a meal together. Let's go for a walk together. That's when boys and men feel more connected. And when they're moving their bodies, that's when they're ready to talk. But likely, they're never going to want to have the deep, meaningful conversations that we crave as females. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I think that we are at a crossroads in that desire as a society for men to share their feelings and be more emotional. And yet, I see for the dads that I work with, they have the desire to show up in that way but they haven't had the role model in their life. They haven't had the dad above them saying, this is how it's done. So I feel like we, we are at this grand crossroads of if we can give our dads a break right now and, and help them, but also realize they're not, they haven't arrived yet. But I believe that we're teaching our boys and opening up that box a little bit more to make it okay for boys to cry, for boys to share their feelings. And we've got, we still got a lot of work to do. I've said before on the podcast that I'm not really a huge perfume person. Uh, First of all, I hate going into stores. I know you do too. And feeling totally overwhelmed by all those harsh odors. I hate being in the middle of like a small store where there's 50 perfumes and everyone's spraying them. I can't even walk by them. I I get headaches. I I can't take it. I know. And I hate to feel like I'm swimming in that scent all day long and it's so overpowering. And certain perfumes also have given me a really bad headache. And mostly I hate when someone comes up to me and says, are you wearing such and such? Because I hate smelling like everyone else. But yet, I love awesome smelling things and I want to smell awesome. So I have a friend who recently said to me, I'll tell you after who it is and you won't be surprised. Uh, She said, I am telling you, I know you, you have to try this company, Fleur. I know who it is. Yeah, you do? I can guess. Okay. And she's like my go-to friend that when she tells me that I need to try something, I'm like, okay, if she says it, she's always up on the trends. She knows what's what's up. She's very environmentally conscious and everything. So I know that she's going to give me good advice. Fleur gives their world-class perfumers the freedom to take risks and the time to perfect their craft. They spend three to four times more per bottle on ingredients than the big guys who often hire the same amazing perfumers only to limit them with tight deadlines, cost limitations, and specific olfactive direction. 
And I think you can smell the difference with Fleur. They believe in something that's made responsibly and smells amazing. Something that's beautifully packaged and their packages are gorgeous without damaging the environment. They support the community however possible. My favorite part about Fleur is that there's two ways to sample their products. So you're not trapped into this huge bottle of perfume that you're not even sure you love yet. There's an $18 sample set. And with this option, you get to pick three cents of your choice or choose a pre-curated selected set uh, like their for her set and the $18 you spend on the sample set gets credited towards a full bottle of your choice once they've sent the samples home and you've had enough time to really choose which one is your favorite then for $36 there's the sixer with this option you get six of their best sellers or the picks that you and I are going to choose and put on the website. If, they, if you go and check, you're going to see. Adam's going to select his favorite six. I'm going to select my favorite six. And the Sixer comes with two $18 credits for two full bottles of fragrance. The best part about their scents is that they truly evolve throughout the day. My personal favorite is the Sandara. I love the way it smells when I put it on. And to me, it sort of smells mysterious. It's calming and it just feels like the perfect amount of fragrance. And me... I was going to say, and wait, there's more. <laughs> this sounds like it's just for women, but it's not. Nope. Nope. I like these too. And I like the Olmsted and Vu, which I'm going to put in my sixer. So by the way, also these scents, they also have candles and body care that go along with them. That's kind of cool, right? Yeah, you can order those too. Which will smell the silk. You can smell yourself and a candle all at the same time. It'd be <laughs> a nice romantic thing going on when you walk in the door. No? Absolutely. I thought you would love that. I do love it. <laughs> so head to Fleur.com slash marriage. That's P-H-L-U-R dot com slash marriage. And you can order whichever scents you wish to try, either in the three or six tester sets. But check out our sample sixers, right? Yep, absolutely. So go to Fleur.com slash marriage and check out everything that's awesome about this company and order your clean, fun, and unique scents today. Can you believe it's already time to start thinking about Valentine's Day? Oh, come on. Enough already. No, I'm serious. But holiday's coming up all but it is, so it, quickly. It sneaks up on you. And the worst thing you can do is have that day come and you don't have like a special gift ready for your significant other or your special someone. I have a good idea. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say love book. Oh, I love that idea. <laughs> I think that's an amazing idea, but now... It's no, it's I, a fantastic okay, idea. I can still do it even though I told you? You can still do good. it. I will always take another love book. And what Lovebook is, is it's a premium gift, hand-bound and shipped all over the world, and everyone has a unique love story. The Lovebook book-building system lets you tell that story by listing all those special reasons why you love that person. You choose a cover and edit the title. You make your little characters that look like you. We've spoken about it before. I look super hot in mine. Choose pages and personalize them. Lovebook is a fantastic gift for your significant other, but it also is for anniversaries, birthdays, just because, thank yous, grandparents, teachers. I could go on and on. You create yourself and the receiver from these door characters you choose body type hairstyle facial expressions and of course i had to make my book super inappropriate because that's just who i am as a person and no one from love book called me to say i'm sorry you can't do that <laughs> <laughs> it was so much fun to find background scenes and put us in different positions mm-hmm. <laughs> select a hard or soft cover with over a hundred themes to choose from they even have tons of themes about pride which you know that makes me a super fan Lovebook's new Express Wizard means creating your book is easier than ever. You have a full range of customization options. So 
Head to lovebookonline.com slash MNM and put in promo code MNM20 for 20% off. That's lovebookonline.com slash MNM and then put in promo code MNM20 for 20% off today. Okay, so as a mom of a tween and an elementary school kid, I guess my, one of my main um, questions to you would be, what kind of practices can I implement inside my home? What kind of practices uh, can elementary school teachers start implementing? I mean, let's start inside the home because uh, it is true that I get completely, when, when my son comes home and he is bouncing off the walls and he does a lot of activities. Yeah. He plays basketball and he goes outside and he runs around with his friends. And he does all of that, but sometimes it, it can be very frustrating and you're trying to make dinner or you're trying, you know, and you just, you're about to explode because you feel like you need them to simmer down. Just and, stop. <laughs> right. And that's exactly what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Because it's so not our nature. But to recognize that boys, if you think of everything as filtering through the funnel of physical, if you want him to be able to sit still at the dinner table, you need to make sure that he's had some physical movement before that. If you want him to talk with you, you need you can do that while you're moving or make sure he's had some physical movement and is this every boy no but this is a lot of boys and i tell parents whose kids are struggling in school is that they you know we're still trying to enlighten educators and we're still taking recess away as a punishment and having more academic time less movement time which is detrimental to our boys but you as a parent can help him be more set up for success if you make sure that in the morning before school, he has 20 minutes to go out and shoot hoops or ride his bike. Or if you're in a cold and rainy place, get a mini trampoline, but have some way for your boy to move his body because school is like clamping on irons around him and look for opportunities at school to advocate for him to have alternative seating to be able to work with a clipboard on the floor these are things that i work with teachers all the time like we have to step out of that model that we learned the way we learned and the way we have in our female brain is like there's order if all the kids are sitting in their desks and they're quiet and I'm going to teach them. But that is not how boys best learn. Boys want to touch the stuff. They want to get, you know, get their bodies in, in action around whatever the topic is. Mm -hmm. And I know, yeah, like what you said, actually, my son's principal at his elementary school just last year um, put in a mandatory recess time every day that never to be, which is great. And it's, listen, it's, is it enough? No, probably not. You know, definitely not. Mm -hmm. But at least it's something because there were a lot of days where they weren't having any time, any recess time and Mm -hmm. it wasn't mandatory, which is insane. Do you think that people are starting to see that educators and everything are starting to see that we 
we need to let up a little bit on this sit in your desk and you know uh, you're going to sit here you're going to read quietly for a half hour you're going if you get up you're going to have to move your clip down you're going to is there going to be more physical movement basically are there are they are they putting that in place we are striving you know there's a lot of boy advocates out there i'm i'm just try to spread the word as much as possible but we're we are changing the norm and it's really hard because it's noisy and it's messy and it's chaotic when you allow for more movement in a classroom. Absolutely. And, and I have to it so much too. I mean, girls are definitely, you know, they, I think that also so many girls need the, the movement and the, it's, yeah. Same thing. Well, it benefits, I mean, it benefits all of us. We are human beings designed to move and studies have shown that test scores actually go up if children have had 20 minutes of movement prior to sitting for the test. Mm. So that to me is like a no brainer. Get these kids moving. Their blood is flowing. They're more able to think and talk and process. But what teachers I've seen fear is if I let them move, if I let it, if I let the noise level get up, I'm never going to be able to bring them back to calm and quiet. But what actually happens is that when you let it bubble up they, and they've had that out breath, they are more able to calm themselves and come back to that place where they're ready to pay attention. It's so interesting to say that when I was in high, I just remembered when I was in high school, I went to a very progressive private school. So I don't think, I don't know how many public schools could do this, but before each test, my English teacher used to have us all stand up and for like, for like 30 seconds, he would let us just scream whatever we wanted at the top of our lungs. And I remember like feeling like a little bit calmer when I sat down to take the test. Like I had gotten something yeah. out of my system and I really liked it. But I, again, it was a private school. I don't know that how, how many public schools could do that, but it's that same kind of, yeah, you need that energy release. Right. And I mean, we can think about it as adults. If we've been sitting in our chairs all day in front of the computer, we don't feel good. And if you just stand up and raise your arms above your heads and dance around a little bit, all of a sudden you feel brighter and lighter and able to think. So it's, it's these really very simple things that we can begin to change, but it takes getting out of this pattern, these habits that we've been in for decades. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I know you talk a lot on your podcast and everything about boys and shame. And we talk a lot on our podcast about shame on so many levels because we're a very vulnerable podcast. We reveal a lot. And I, I think that shame is obviously, it's detrimental for all of us. The feeling that guilt being I made a mistake, shame being I am the mistake. Mm-hmm. And I know that you talk a lot about how we are really, I mean, when you, when you talk about boys and, and violence and the prison population and all of that, I know that it's very connected to shame. Is that correct? It is connected to shame and boys feel, males feel that shame so deeply. Their, one of their deep questions is, am I good enough? 
am I good enough? And they, uh, you know, going back to what I said before about coming to preschool and having a female teacher who's telling them to sit still, I'm not good enough. I, and, and that shame begins there. And, and you mentioned the, the clips. So in school, there's um, one of the behavior management uh, strategies that is, I think outdated is that you have the stoplight, red, yellow, green. So you have a little clothespin clip with your name on it. So it's clear to everybody when you're on the green or, you know, the teacher. And I mean, I'm guilty. I used to write my kids' names on the board. Right. And, um, but the teacher will, you know, dramatically go over and move the clip up to yellow and, oh, now you're on red. And then you're probably on your way to the principal's office. And this is all shaming. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Behavior and it it's received by boys as shame. And you will never manage a boy's behavior by shaming him. The way to be in connection with a boy, the way to have a boy do what you are asking of him to strive for you is to connect with him and to see him for all of the unique beauty that he brings. He wants to know that you see him but if you're busy moving the clips up and telling him what he's doing wrong, he's going to feel shame. And coming out of the place of shame, you've got the class clown because he's got to override that feeling. Or he's the boy who shuts down. And, um, you know, we've got suicide rates going up exponentially in the last few years for younger and younger children. And we all need to be concerned. But I think a lot of it is a is that root of shame. Yeah, I think you said in one of your I heard in one of your episodes where you said that boys are three times more likely to die before the age of 25 than girls. And a lot of that is self-inflicted. Yeah. Yeah. It's a motor vehicle uh-huh. deaths. It's violence and it's self-inflicted harm. Wow. And, you know, now you can just go onto YouTube and find out how to hang yourself. And boys are very impulsive. They may be in an episode of, you know, a friendship struggle or girlfriend broke up with them and they're, they don't think through the process and they're embarrassed. They're ashamed. And suicide is an out to that and more is more accessible than it used to be. Okay. So give me some better tactics for discipline with boys. If, cause obviously if we all have kids who misbehave and who need to be, uh, you know, who need to be spoken to or corrected for some kind of behavior. So what do you suggest 
we do rather than, you know, the clip chart or go to your room for a half hour or what are the best ways for boys? So of course, it's going to be different for every kid and every day. And and part of it is where you're at. Are you relaxed and at ease or are you stressed and busy and, and at one. You know, blah just comes out of your mouth and you're like, wait a minute, where did that come from? Bring that word back in here, reel it in. Uh, but it's understanding how to communicate with your boy and part of it and your man. And part of it is women talk a lot. We process out loud. We ask questions and I'm as guilty as the next person. I'll ask a a male friend a question. And if I don't get the answer that I want, I'll ask another question, but just in a little different way, but still another question. And um, he knows the work I do. And so he very readily calls me on that. It's like, you still want an answer, don't you? I told you, you know, X, Y, Z, that's all I've got. But we as women will often push and want more and tell me more. And so when we can dial it back and recognize, okay, what's the one thing that I want to communicate to my boy right now? What's the essence? Just the one thing. It's hard because we're in the habit of talking a lot and reasoning. And, oh, if we just explain it a little bit more, why he shouldn't be doing that thing, then it will all make sense and he'll stop doing that thing. But often for boys who have such a, a upright sense of fairness and justice, they want to know the rules. They want the boundary. And it's hard because they push against the boundary, but they want to know why it's this way and that you're going to hold the boundary. So if it's 30 minutes of screen time, he's going to push. Absolutely. But you're going to hold that boundary. And hopefully it's that boundary has been agreed upon ahead of time. And you've both agreed on the consequence of not keeping the boundary and the reward of keeping the boundary. But all those conversations are going to be shorter and more succinct than you probably would like them to be. Mm. Parents, I think, are often sometimes afraid to just simply say no. And for boys, that's effective. No. And then they say, why not? (laughs) And then they say, why not? (laughs) And and you could say, because it's seven o'clock and screens are off or whatever it is, but but it doesn't need the long-winded conversation is what I'm saying. So less is really more with your words for boys and men. And the other thing is eye contact. We as women, oh, We love eye contact. It gives us a hit of oxytocin of that feel-good hormone. And ooh, it's delicious and it feels good. And for men, many men and boys, that is a really uncomfortable dynamic. And there's all sorts of biological reasons for that. But to recognize that it's okay if your son is playing with a you know, whatever, piece of paper and not looking at you, he's still hearing you. He's still hearing you. We have to get over taking it personally that he's not looking. 
and he's and knowing that he's actually a little more comfortable and will be able to find his words a little more readily if he doesn't have to look at you also i had a dad tell me once he said you know i tell my wife if she wants me to look at her i will but i won't be able to hear what she's saying um, and if she wants me to hear what she's saying then i can't look at her it's like two just choose one channel. He couldn't do two channels, the looking and the hearing. So once the wife knew that, then she's not taking it personally that he's not looking at her as she's, you know, spilling her heart or whatever she's doing. So it's, it's those little subtle things that can make such a difference for how we communicate with our boys in a disciplinary way or just in connecting with them. I really want to focus on two different Do Canon products today. One of them, yes, we've spoken about so many times already, which is the beer and bourbon box of big ass bricks of soap. <laughs> Say that again two times fast. That if was you can. pretty good. That was good. Wow. Wasn't it? I didn't mean for practice. <laughs> if you have not tried this, please go get this now. It has four 10 ounce American made soaps. One big ass beer soap. Do you have any idea, Danielle, what Deschutes IPA is? I'm sorry. Exactly. <laughs> They're a brewery right here in the United States. The big ass beer soap is made with fresh squeezed Deschutes IPA with a woodsy citrus scent. So it's literally made with Deschutes IPA beer. Oh my god! But it smells so right. good, well, you would never know. It has that woodsy citrus scent, oh, which I is love awesome. It. Second in there is the big American bourbon soap made with Buffalo Trace. Heard of that? Uh, no. <laughs> you got to keep up with these I do. Uh, I do. companies. Well, they make a bourbon. It's uh, two oak barrel scented bricks that come in that box. So it's just, it doesn't smell like bourbon, but it does smell like the, the oak barrel cool like scent that you get from that. Really cool. And lastly, the big ass beer soap with made with the old Milwaukee premium American lager. But don't worry, it doesn't smell like a frat house. It has a sandalwood scent, which is Awesome. Yeah, all their soaps smell amazing. And for the second product, I'd love to shout out the dry ice body powder. Oh my God, explaining <laughs> this to our son was really funny. It was. Well, all I'm going to tell you what it eliminates, and then you can figure out what you do to use it. Okay? So it eliminates threats of, number one, swamp crotch. Hey now. Yep. Hockey stench. Bat wings. I don't know what that is. Uh, I don't know, but I'm going to find out. Trucker butt. Sweat oh. marks oh. and etc. More of those kinds of yes. things. literally labeled right here on the bottle from Ducanon. So, just such a fun company. It's it's a powder just to keep yourself nice and dry down there. I'm all for it. Let's just say it's to keep your balls nice and fresh. Okay, oh, lovely. yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> those are the two products from Ducanon that I really wanted to shout out. That you have to go try. Buy them today. It's so awesome. Right now, stop what you're doing. Go to DukeCannon.com. Use promo code MARRIAGE to save 15% on your order. DukeCannon, D-U-K-E-C-A-N-N-O-N.com. Promo code MARRIAGE. And anytime you spend over $35, you get free shipping. Awesome. Doesn't matter. Anytime. Over Great. 35 Love it. Go now. Okay. 
Some of my favorite messages that we get are from couples who are about to get married, who listen to our podcast and who are like learning from all our mistakes and everything. And I'm so excited for them at the prospect of everything that they have that lays ahead and how fun it's going to be to plan their wedding, hopefully. And one way that I can really tell you that a lot of people are having a much less stressful time planning their wedding is from Zola. According to a recent Zola survey, 96% of couples think that planning a wedding is stressful. And 86% suffered stress-induced symptoms like insomnia, breakouts, and a lower sex drive. But Zola makes wedding planning easier and less stressful by reinventing the wedding planning and registry experience. They cover literally every detail from the engagement to wedding planning to even decorating your first home. Create your own wedding website, registry, invites, guest lists. They are the highest rated registry of all time. Conveniently manage everything in one place. Add gift from other stores, sync existing registries, price match, group gifting, plus shop your whole paper suite at Zola from save the dates to invites to thank yous. You can even track RSVPs with their free guest manager and they'll address your envelopes for free. I love all the details of how you can add pictures and stories about how you first met and do really thoughtful things for your guests like add a page of all the local things they can do when they come to town for your big event. So sign up at Zola.com slash MNM to get your free personalized paper sample. Then use code SAVE50, that's SAVE50, to get 50% off your save the dates. That's Zola.com slash MNM to get your free personalized paper sample. Code SAVE50 to get 50% off your save the dates today. Also, one of the things that I have to ask, because we talk about it all the time on our podcast, it's been an ongoing theme, is um, the mental load inside the home. This idea of the imbalance of that currently happens, although it, it is getting better, between the housework and the work with the kids and everything. And there's a 65-35 divide is what they found. Women doing 65% of the work, men doing 35% of the work. Um, and across the board, well, we get thousands of messages from women saying, I just wish it was different. I just wish my husband would help more. I just wish he would be more proactive. And one of the things I really want to do is raise my boys to do that, to raise my boys who are, who are going to, because as much as my husband, I think, is trying to get better, it has been a struggle and they have seen that struggle. But I really am hoping that that is one thing I'll do successfully raising my boys, make it so that they will want to be readily available and participants in home life. Yeah. Yeah. I think, again, we're at that crossroads generation right now. And bravo you, mama. You know, boys need to know how to do their laundry. They need, they can absolutely participate in cooking meals and all of the care of the home. And I think that as women, we may be shooting ourselves in the foot at times because when our kids are little and we have, you know, we're instilling the habits of how do you clean up a spill? How do you put your clothes in the laundry? How do you sweep the floor? We're there as stressed, busy mamas going, oh my gosh, this isn't good enough. It's not right. I'm going to have to do it again. It's just easier for me to do it myself. So we start early creating this dynamic of, oh, I'll just do it myself. 
and we're not allowing that container to open and be open to number one, the hours and hours and hours it takes to teach a child how to properly sweep a floor or clean up spilled milk. It takes time. And, but especially when your kids are young, they want to help you. You know, your three-year-old, your four-year-old's like, yeah, show me how to do it. But we resist that open opportunity to instill the habit young. And so then when you get to your 14-year-old, you're not going to be teaching him how to clean up a spill because he's not going to have it. And so there's that dynamic that I think we set up as, you know, well, my way is the right way. And this is a dynamic with the parents of, you know, wife does it her way and husband's like, hey, she's got this. I'm never going to measure up. I'm not good enough. Goes back to shame. I can't show up in the way she wants me to. So why bother? Mm -hmm. I also think there's this a little bit idea, which I am trying so hard not to do, which is. I, oh, I, I want my little boy to, you know, love me and I want to do for him. And I want to, you know, we have this, this disconnect between us of my daughter and I can bond in a certain way. And if I take care of this for him, you know, he'll love me more. And it's sick. But That's so astute though. I mean, it's that, so that's true. Such, uh, especially with moms and boys. Like I know to some degree I'm tougher than on my daughter than I am on my sons because I also have that connection with her on the other end that it's easier to bring back and balance than it yes. is with my boys that if I, you know, if I'm doing stuff for them and everything, then they're like, like, oh, mom, I love you. You know, I'm like, I know. Let's, you know. <laughs> so, and, yeah. And boys are really good at recognizing mom's got this. Mom's going to remind me to do my homework. She's going to remind me to take my backpack. And they're going to check out. I get close to school if I forget them. Exactly. Right. Do not do that. Never, no. never, never. Parents out there, no. No extra trips to school. We have to allow our boys to, quote, unquote, fail. We have to let them feel what it feels like to get to school and not have their lunch. Uh-oh, then they're going to have to talk to their friends or talk to the person in the office or figure it out because you're not always going to be there to fix it for them. But it's really hard to stand on the sidelines and look at your boy, you know, he doesn't have the right soccer shorts because he didn't put them in the laundry. But you have to start early and often letting him have these little moments of failure, mistakes, which will actually, in the end, help him be that husband, that adult man who can fix his own mistakes and do his own laundry and take care of himself because that that's going to make a good partner in the end. Definitely. And I think that's so important. And that is one of the the most ongoing issues. I know now a lot of authors are writing about it and everything, but I would like for my boys to be different. And, you know, so that's a big theme for me. Also, one, one thing that I, I want to talk about dads and boys for a second. Um, and I know we have a lot of, um, you know, same-sex partner families and everything. And uh, for, for this instance, I just for a second want to talk about dads and boys. Sure. And um, just for the fact that 
for me as a woman, when, it, when something happens and my son is upset and, or something's going on and I can sense it, I am just a better communicator with him. I just, it's just easier for me to explain to him why grandpa died or, you know, why our dog is in, you know, the hospital or, you know, why something is going on in the world that's scary. And my husband just, I, I, I feel like I feel bad because number one, I know my son needs that from him. But I'm always like, I'll just talk to him because I know that what's going to come across, like he's going to, he might come out crying more <laughs> if my <laughs> husband goes in and talks to him. And I'm like, no, no, you can't explain death like that. Like, let me do it. So what, how do we navigate that? <laughs> yeah. So let me do it from my female perspective because my way is the right way. Totally. I know I can be that blunt with you, but but so I, again, it's like what I was saying about the household chores is as women, my way is the right way. And I'm the only one who can parent my child in exactly the perfect way. And it's that willingness to be able to step back and go, yeah, dad is going to explain death in his own way. And it may be completely like you just can't even connect and relate to that but trusting that male bond and that there is a place where they will connect and it might not look anything like what you would talk about. And absolutely, you talk about it in your way, totally, but allow dad the space to talk about it in his way as well. And along with that, the support, again, back to the to where dads are in this crossroads of he might actually not even know how to do it because nobody talked to him about death in his life. And so that's when you get to come together as adults and talk about, you know, well, what do you think? Like, what's, how are you feeling when he can uh, connect with his own emotions around a, an event, something then, oh yeah, I can relate that. And it might be that he just tells a story you know, hey, when I was eight, my dog died and this happened. And that that's okay. It's all good. It's connection. But this recognition that women and men parent differently, and that is totally, totally okay. And I want to tell you a little bit, bit a little story going back to same-sex couples, because this is really important. So I was at giving a talk at a school standing room only. I'd been, you know, in this for like an hour and a half and it was Q&A at the end. And I had talked to this mom beforehand. So I knew she was part of a same-sex couple and she raises her hand and she's like, you know, this feels very heteronormative. And it feels like you're saying that, that um, two women cannot raise a, a boy to be a good man. And I was a little speechless at that point, because I do believe that boys need men around them. Parents, same-sex couples can give their boys a lot, just like same-sex couples, males raising a daughter. That daughter still needs female interaction. So as I'm standing there speechless, a man raised his hand that was sitting right behind these two women. And I called on him because like I needed a strategy at that point. But he stood up and he said, I can speak to that. I was raised by two moms and I still needed men. Mm -hmm. 
And so we have to look around for every child. Where are there good role models? Where are there healthy males for our boys to observe? And I mean, it could be in media. It could be, but there's also a lot of um, people that we don't want them to emulate. So it's talking about character. It's talking about those qualities and values that you hold that you hold in your family, but also pointing them out in other places. And your boy needs other men. And your family needs other, a, a nuclear family cannot raise a boy on their own. We need community. We have to step out of isolating ourselves as parents, feeling like, oh, my boy is doing this and I'm the only one and I have to deal with this on my own because Again, shame. I don't want anybody else to know that he's vaping or that, you know, he's watching pornography. I have to deal with this on our own, on my own. But when we can reach out and when we can say, "Oh yeah, that's happening at my house too." How can we be together and deal with this together? That's where we get strong. Yeah, I think one of the greatest gifts that I give all three of my kids and you know, what between Adam and me, I, I think one of the greatest gifts both of us is they have so many other adult influences in their life that they take so much from. And people will say to us, oh, how could you leave your kids with someone else when you go away or this and that? And I'm like, I'm giving them a gift. Absolutely. Like, there's so much I can't teach them, you know, and yeah. I, I want them to have exposure to all different kinds of people, sexuality, religion, you know, uh, education, work environments, all that stuff, religion, like everything. Yes. And I can't give them all of that. I can only give them me. Yep. So I, they need that exposure no matter what, who the kid is, you know, make sure that they're getting exposure to, if we want to raise kids who are really going to be, you know, worldly and emotionally uh, intelligent and everything, then I think that they need exposure, not, you know, to, to just the gamut, as many different people and, you know, sexualities and races and this and that, that you can get, let's do it. So I'm with you, sister. Yeah. So that's, that's my little piece. <laughs> I'm always, like people are always like, Oh, how can you leave your kids and everything? I'm always like, no, you don't understand. Like it's, that's, I can't, I can't do it all. Well, and I had that when my kids were little, like I was the only one that could put them to bed the right way. Not even my husband could do that. I'm divorced now, but <laughs> that had anything to do with it. Um, but they're in their thirties now. So now we can have the conversations of, oh, was I really as bad of a mom as I felt like I was? And no, no. I didn't want to leave them with a babysitter. I thought I was being a bad mom to leave my kids with a babysitter. And now they will tell me, oh my gosh, we had so much fun. We loved it when we had a babysitter because she did flying potions and played different games and she was young and she was fun. And so you are brilliant in giving your kids these experiences. Oh, thank you. Well, I, all, I say we're all screwing it up and we're all kicking ass at the same time. There you go. We're yeah. doing it all. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, one other thing I wanted to talk about, because I think it's so interesting. Okay. The idea with boys of, we always talk about the terrible twos, right? Like everybody's always like, oh, the terrible twos. But really with boys, they say there's something in the, like being four, the age of four. And it's so funny because before I even knew that, my husband and I, with all three of our kids, we used to call it the fucking fours. <laughs> uh, 
we always felt like the terrible twos. We were sort of like, I don't know. It, I mean, it was bad, but it wasn't that bad. And then four came and we were always like, okay, this is hard. So yeah. what is it about the age of four? Oh yeah. So at the age of four, and this is, it's actually just changed. There's new research around what is happening for boys at the age of four. And what we thought was happening was that there was a testosterone surge around the age of four. So boys were more apt to take risks. They wanted more adventure. They were more aggressive, more physical. And this has come out of Australian research and via Steve Biddle, who is an amazingly wise man and has worked in the field of boys and men for decades, third, three decades at least. Um, but the new research is that during that time, <clears throat> there's it's called they're called Leydig cells and I'm not a scientist I am you know all this is kind of goes past me but new things happen in the testicles of four-year-old boys let's just put it that way and what they are calling it what they're seeing is that it is like a mini puberty so it's a little moment of a glimmer ahead of what's going to happen in puberty, but it's happening now in his body at age four. So it's promoting, you know, those, those more physical needs at that time. And that's a time when I have a lot of parents come to me and say, where did my sweet little boy go? Right. And you know, he'll be back, he'll be back, but, and he needs more now. He needs more physical um, adventures and opportunities to take risks. Our boys need to be able to have risk and have competition in their life. That's part of how they figure out who they are in the world. Mm -hmm. So not so much get down from there. You're going to hurt yourself and more. It's okay. Go higher. <laughs> go higher. And I mean, go as high as your body will allow you to do. So if you can climb that tree, there you go. But if I have to lift you up to the upper branch, you know, to get onto the first branch of that tree, then you're not ready to climb the tree yet. Right. What I tell a lot of moms is if you are questioning whether to let him climb that tree, ask a man. And pretty much the man's going to say, oh yeah, let him go for it. Right. Let him get hurt when he's little and not when he's 16 behind the wheel of a car. So let him have that experience of risk and that experience of how do I manage my body? How do I climb this tree and then get back, back down and be able to be so in tune with his body in that way? And our girls too, but our boys need it more. That's also the beauty of leaving the kids with dad for a little while you know, and getting away because when I'm there and my husband is, you know, throwing them around or riling them up at 11 o'clock at night or whatever, I am mad if I'm yeah. not there and he's doing it, then it's a whole different kind of, so I think that time alone is really important too. Definitely. Um, and I, I totally want to talk to you still about teenagers and everything, but I think let's, can we, let's do it again sometime. Part two, 2020. Yes. Let's awesome. do it. I would love that. Um, I, I'm going to ask you for, um, if you'll give me like you, maybe some books that we can put on our website and stuff. And now, okay. Tell everybody where they can find you. They can find me at boysalive.com. That's my website. And we have an amazing Facebook group 
Boys Alive. Just search for that and you'll find it there. Private group asked to join. We'd love to have you. And I travel and speak. I work in schools. If you have a school that really needs some help, I uh, will come and do professional development and parent talks. And you can find me at the On Boys Parenting Podcast with my co-host. Yeah. And I've listened to a bunch of episodes and it's really, you you talk about such interesting stuff and it makes me think about things in a way I haven't thought about them. So oh, good. Thank and, you. Yes. Well, thank you so much for being on. My pleasure. This has been fun. Yes. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusion apply. See site for details.